direction we're seeking counsel and help everything that we need lord we know is in your word we thank you for your holy word it makes us alive it helps us encourages us in every way and i thank you to open up understanding through your word today in jesus name amen and praise god so we're still talking about strategies related to prayer and and related to uh our life in god and so uh, since our focus uh, generally is on things related to your relationship with God and, and also your uh, your stand in life and getting success in every area of your life, <clears throat> I thought I would talk today about uh, victory ground. How to make sure that you're planted on victory ground. What does victory ground mean? We know that we are in a war of words pretty much a war of wills and a war of spirits a spiritual warfare we know from God that the battle has already been won for us and what does that mean well it does it it means that you're not deciding anything and God's not deciding anything when you when you uh, go into prayer it's already decided so the only thing you have to do is make sure you stay on the winning side and the winning side is always God's side don't get any flaky ideas about anything else God's side is always the winning side and so you want to make your your stake and make your claim in God's kingdom and make sure that your stance is one that will bring you victory so in every situation in life we have to take a stand we have to make a declaration we have to declare what we believe according to what we have decided we want the outcome to be for instance if you uh, want the outcome in your household to be peace uh, then you make your stand uh, in peaceful ways in your household you you do things that pertain to peace you don't come in trying to lord it all over everybody and have your way all the time and hold the house hostage because you want to do it you know you you we are peaceful people god has called us to peace is what the word says and so you make your ground you stake your claim in peace and you do things that lend toward peace you know you make your activities peaceful activities you uh, entreat people uh, instead of hollering at them you know things of that nature now we all go off sometimes you know the devil set a, a trap for you right in the middle of a, a worship service if he can you know but we repent and we come out of it because that's not what we prefer to be like that's not what we prefer we prefer to be people of peace amen and thank God for, for the blood of Jesus that continually cleanses us from unrighteousness and, and lets us know we're forgiven so that we can again make our stand and on victory ground we can get over on the ground of God's word and we can make our take our position there one of the uh, uh, wiles of the enemy is to work uh, through lies and deception many times he will give people ideas and tell them oh you know that'll work because look everybody else is doing it you know and you get out there and try to work it how is how come it is, is this way that God will let some stupid stuff work for some people and he don't let it work for you you ever that's a good place to be I'm, I'm telling you because you are favored by God to only go so far in your stupidity because many of us could go way far if if he didn't you understand what i'm saying if he just didn't he said no wait a minute I, you know me better than this i got better things planned for you don't get over there like that and so we have to realize that god positions us in this life so that we can be assured of our victory and so one of the things that we have to do is maintain victory ground always side with God's word when you're given a choice as a decision to make always seek God if you're if the, the answer doesn't come to you right off the bat 
go to the scriptures ask God to show you what his word says about certain things so that you don't live a life over on the wrong side and wind up defeated by the enemy if you're a believer and you're in a household with people and there's some people in there who really aren't serving God you can take the whole family over on victory ground by the decisions that you make amen it's the person with the knowledge and that reaches out to God who really will be the one who makes the spiritual decisions there so it's always good to understand where God wants you to be the position and the stand he wants you to take and what he wants you to say in these certain situations there are answers that we must give in every situation there are godly answers that we must give in every situation and so those answers place us either on victory or, or ground or a ground of defeat the nice thing about God is if you find yourself in a bad decision or you've made a bad decision, you can always repent and change your mind. You can look at it and say, God, you know, I thought that was going to work out and I see it's not working out. I don't have to go down stupid street forever. I'm going to turn around and go back the other way and get my victory. See, that's humility. A humble person will allow that, that change of mind to come into them where they get enlightened and they make the decision to repent and turn. You know, turn from the wrong way into the right way. And so it's always good to stay humble before God so that you can make that turn and make that adjustment and come out of that. The Bible says pride goes before a fall. You know what that means? It means pride pride paves the way to the fall. In other words, pride will roll out the red carpet for you to fail. And so we don't want to do that. We want to stay humble before God and say, God, I thank you that you showed me. Oh, Lord, I thank you. I don't have to go down that street any longer. I see the mistake that I made, and I'm going to turn around and go back with you. And so that keeps you positioned in victory ground. You want to always be found where God can find you and bring you into that place of victory over every trick and every wild of the enemy we know that so victory ground we said is the stand that we take that ensures that we will receive the answer we seek from God just stay over there we call it walking in the spirit sometimes we call it walking hand in hand with God walking in the word that kind of thing the enemy wins or loses based on the stand we take so all you got to do is stand and declare the word. Say, nope, I'm not sick, I'm healed in Jesus' name. I'm not receiving that in the name of Jesus. No, devil, you can't come in my school, and in, in my children's school, and keep everybody hostage. My children are free. They're going to go to school and learn. They're going to go in the morning and come home safe in the afternoon in Jesus' name. See, that's your position and that's your stand, and you don't waver. You don't say, well, you know, bad things happen to everybody. No, they know not going to happen to me. Not going to happen to me. If I find myself in a bad situation, I can turn it around quickly because of my position and my stance will change. Sometimes the enemy will make a, a, a challenge to you to see if he can get you to back down. You stand even that much tougher. You keep standing. If you can't stand, sit. But sit in position with God. You got me? Sit in God's lap if you need to. But keep your, don't change what you've declared no matter what the situation looks like. Many times we have to go through a prolonged period of time of difficult things. And the devil does that to see if he can wear us down and get us to change what we say and what we think. And then he can change and give us a bad outcome but you know if they if they uh, uh, take everything away from you you still maintain your position in God because he will come for your words and he will come for your stand you're looking for God to come you're looking for him to deliver and you're looking for him to help and you're looking for him to heal and he cannot help you if you're constantly changing what you think and what you believe stay with the people of God that's victory ground sometimes if you don't know a whole lot I go to church with people that pray and their prayers get answered I know I can get my stuff <laughs> I may not know a whole lot devil but I know some people that know some people that know some people that know some people you got me 
herd mentality is helpful. It's a good thing to stay with the herd. I can remember uh, being in a church that, that, you know, was partially spirit-filled, halfway spirit-filled. You know, there's all kind of people up in there. But we never had a sick list and we never had a death because people stayed with the herd and the herd was healthy and you stayed healthy. And so we, we just believe that God has protection for his people if we make the right decisions. And so staying with the company of believers is victory ground as well. That's one of the, the aspects of victory ground. We need to know that, that the ground we stand on ensures our victory. Always take your position uh, and take it where uh, God wants you to take it. Because help will come to you if you maintain your stance, maintain your confession, maintain your believing and don't turn your back on God. Don't get discouraged serving God. The Bible tells us that in due season we will reap if we do not faint. And so it's good not to faint and not to lose heart. It can be a challenge sometimes. But I can tell you if you stay faithful. You know, you ever been uh, uh, bothered by something all week and then you drag yourself in the service and you're not even putting out any faith for any help. That's a Selah moment. You know, people try to act like they just come. Oh, I come in all pumped up. Believe me, you know, you come in deflated, broke, busted, disgusted, barely getting in there, mad at a whole house full of folk came and they all mad at each other. Huh? Daddy and the mama mad at each other. Kids mad at each other. Mad and mad at daddy and mama. You jump out the car. Praise the Lord. You know. You know you've been doing everything but. But God will help you anyway. Didn't he say he's a very present help in trouble? He's right there in trouble, in your trouble with you. And so we sit there for a minute and the word begins to minister to us. And then pretty soon we get the answer that we've been seeking or the answer we've been needing. And we go out encouraged and built up and full of faith and full of confidence again. And so part of that is victory ground. You've got to go where you get fed and where your spirit is built up and where you are encouraged to stand with God for your victory. So all of those things are important. So you take your stand and position yourself so that God can bring what you need in every situation. So a major portion of your victory ground, what do we mean we say that? Well, victory ground really includes the things that you believe that are essential to you getting your victory in every situation. One of the things that you have to have secure, and that is your identity in God. You've got to know who you are. If you're wavering on whether or not God loves you, whether or not you're saved, whether or not you have adequate equipment and skills to fight the battle that's ahead of you, uh, you need to get that solidified and get that strengthened. So I was looking at some scriptures that I used to... to, go over and over and over and I know we we tucked them away in one of our prayer manuals because they were so powerful and so helpful to us as believers in establishing first of all your identity in Christ and understanding how that identity protects you and gets you over into your victory because without proper identity of who you are the enemy can quickly talk you out of believing God for the things that you need through condemnation through fear through lack uh, lack in your soul lack in your mind about who you really are what you can expect from God uh, he'll discourage you in all kinds of ways uh, simply because we, we get fuzzy we can't really see clearly who we are and see ourselves the way God sees us so I thought I would refresh us in some of these things some of them might be new to some of you as well and hopefully you'll go out of here with a new perspective on who the devil really is fighting see it's not really so much about 
how much words you know how long you've been saved see these are the things that run through people's minds the devil will run them through there if you don't run them through there but whenever we we have difficulties or problems this feeling of inadequacy is something that's really hard for us to shake it's hard it's almost like a, a some kind of glue that'll stick to you you keep messing with it trying to get it off of you and then it just more and more and more and so if you're not careful you will get yourself bogged down into a, a mental battle of trying to prove who you are you ever seen people like that you'll see people who have run from one failure to the next to the next and then they get in church and they want to be a minister or a prophet or something like that you know and they never really come to an understanding and feeling confident of who they are in God but they use position as a crutch to kind of make them feel like they're worthwhile or feel important or feel worthy of God doing something for them that's really the worst basis in the world of building your life in God on is performance or title or what other people say about you what other people think about you it's a bad foundation your foundation has to be on what the blood has purchased for you to be that and that alone what does God say about me what does God call me that's exactly who I am every day 24 hours a day seven days a week whether I feel anointed whether I pray for somebody whether I don't pray for somebody I am this person all of the time so in first John 3 verse 2 it tells us we are sons of God it says beloved now we are the sons of God it didn't happen until you were born again of his spirit amen now you know uh, sinners will tell you stuff like well we're all God's children we're all created by God we're all created in his image but in order for this life to work for you you have to be adopted as his son you got me there has to be an adoption process it comes through so that you know you are an adopted child of God he had one begotten son only begotten son and that's Jesus Jesus gave his life and shed his blood so that God could adopt many sons and daughters but there's only one begotten and that that life was sown so that more could be raised up and so as sons and daughters of the most high God we have to have this spirit of adoption in our lives the Bible says whereby we cry Abba Father I can remember when I was first saved and I at first I would call God then I pray to Jesus and then and then one day I started reading the Bible and, and it says we beloved now we are the sons I said I'm a daughter of God I said and I began to address God as father see that's the spirit of adoption that comes upon you when you are adopted you know sometimes adopted children if they haven't had parents they haven't called anybody mama or daddy for a long time or ever so you gotta get used to it so I encourage you get used to it get used to thinking about God as your father and go to him as you would a father many times when you're an adult boy I wish I could talk to mama now I wish I could talk both my parents have passed away but I I just wish I had and then I think about it I said I've got a father I can talk to anytime see I'm adopted by God I am his daughter so as children of God the Bible tells us that we should be imitators of God like dear children like beloved children and so he says we now we are the sons of God and what manner of love God has bestowed upon us so his adoption of us is an indication or an expression of his love people don't adopt children unless they love them and they have a place for them in their hearts many times people have tried a couple maybe has tried to have children 
unable to but they have this desire this love in their hearts that they want to shed out on some child and so they will adopt a child because they have decided that they want somebody to love and so that's an expression of God's love that he wants us so badly to himself that he gave the life of his son for the lives of many that we might receive the spirit of adoption and we can come to him as our father and that's a great love he chose to adopt us your natural parents didn't get to choose you amen we all came here that way so no harm no foul you know what i'm saying i said nothing against natural natural born children but you didn't choose one another god chose you see you have been chosen amen you are chosen of god and so that's very very important for us to understand that we are the sons of god Galatians 3.13 tells us we are purchased of God. When we are purchased, that means we are bought out of a certain life and bought into another life. So when God purchased you, he made full, full provision and full payment for everything that you would ever need so there's nothing lacking there's nothing still needing to be paid there's nothing still needing to be done all we have to do is believe just believe these things are true believe they are so and believe God has done them in Galatians 3:13 it tells us we are redeemed from the curse of the law sickness poverty death anything that will cause you to lose hope your children being sick your children being imprisoned your children being in a life a drug life and any kind of bondage anything like that God has purchased you out of that so you can confidently go to God and pray yeah sometimes people the devil will get your mind messed up you know as tell you well you know you you've lived this kind of life and that kind of life you know sometimes people have chronic disease or you know you smoked for all those years you know and and look at you now you know you got this disease or uh, people who have lived a promiscuous life drug abusers they get HIV and tries to make you think well God says not so I purchased you out of that I paid the price for you to come out of that see in the natural world there is no price to pay to get you out of certain diseases to get you out of certain types of a lifestyle but Jesus paid the price for God to come and rescue you out of that and when God rescues you you are rescued folks there's no two ways about it if God has forgiven you man cannot hold anything against you if God has made provision for you man cannot take the provision away if God is satisfied that your sins are paid for then your sins are paid for and you live the life of a holy and a righteous person so that's one of the other things that God has given us in our new identity we are a holy people we are holy because God is holy if God's Holy Spirit lives in you that's the greater one so he has a greater life than your old life he has a more powerful life through you than your old life is so this is your new identity you are sinless you are guiltless you are beloved you are redeemed you are purchased out the devil has no claim on you because God has made full purchase of everything that you need throughout life imagine if the day you were born you could be guaranteed perfect teeth perfect hair perfect eyes perfect <laughs> and that's just the, the superficial stuff no failure in anything you set your hand to you can go through school you can accomplish anything academically that you ever wanted to accomplish all of that's laid out before you because God has redeemed you from any life that would be other than successful he has purchased us into a life of success first John four sixteen tells us we are loved by God and we are accepted in the beloved 
Ephesians 1 6. You ever be around people that want to make you feel not good about yourself? You know, want to turn their nose up, not want to be around you, make you feel inferior, say mean things to you, point out your faults, etc., etc. Well, that's all been done away with because you're accepted in the beloved of God. You're in his inner circle, in other words. You're in his close circle of friends. So God has accepted you. And if God has accepted you, whatever man says about you is totally secondary. So you don't have to put up with the devil's trying to put you down based on mistakes you've made or put you down based on your lack of or put you down based on some ability that you think you should have that you don't have. You don't you're accepted by God. He loves you just the way you are. If there's anything you lack, he will provide it for you. He will provide opportunities for you. He'll provide training for you. He'll open doors for you just be ready to go through them when he opens them that's all I can tell you because <laughs> many times that's us we stare at it you know oh, is this for me yes yeah, for you go through it and see what's on the other side of it because God has provided all of those things for us so we are accepted in God's close inner circle when John uh, John uh, the disciple talked about being the beloved disciple they they characterize him as the one who uh, always was leaning upon Jesus and, and close to his breast and, and hugging him and so forth and so on because he knew that he was accepted by God and in order to show it he went about it demonstrating it all the time and I think that's a good thing for us to remember we can demonstrate our closeness to God all the time we can worship him we can talk to him we can fellowship with him through his word we can have time with him on a consistent basis and we're never left out we're never told he doesn't have time for us we're never made to feel like we're not adequate or there's something between us and God there's never anything between us that cannot be eliminated by true repentance in our heart just get in your heart to where you accept God again and he'll be your friend over and over and over again he'll show you over and over and over again how much you are loved and how much you are are his beloved you belong to him it's a personal thing it's not something that you have to get second hand from your parents or second hand from you can have that personal relationship and personal touch from God and once you understand how much God loves you it's hard for the devil to talk you out of anything it's really hard for him to talk you out of believing for God's goodness believing for good things to happen and believing for a good outcome so we all understand this and, and we all know this. In 1 Corinthians 5, in verse 17, ah, it's got to be second, huh? Hang on. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17 says therefore if any man be in Christ or be born again by the spirit of Christ walking in harmony with God and with his word he is a new creature old things are passed away behold all things have become new so you're a person that doesn't even have fingerprints. You know, once you're born again, you have a totally new, it's like being in the witness protection program, but you, weren't, you don't really have a past. It's better than that. It's perfection. See, your sins have been washed away. So there's no past of you having done any wrong and your iniquities are covered which means that you can now start to live a totally new life. So you're a person who's never really been born before 
No past, nothing but a present and a good future in God. So you don't have to worry about somebody coming up to you and saying, uh, remember when we used to smoke dope together? No, that person died. I, they, I didn't smoke no dope with, no, I really didn't. You know, it's amazing. I can remember uh, when I was first saved and, and I was kind of upset because a lot of the people I thought were my friends didn't call me anymore and and so I began to read the scripture and God says well they're not going to call you because you don't exist anymore think about it it'll it'll help you in being fearful about some of the things you've done in your past that you're not proud of see God has purged our consciences already and the enemy will come to us and try to work us up about a fear of something that doesn't even exist anymore see when your sins are washed away there's no record of them anymore God says I remember them no more and if God doesn't remember them who are we and who is the devil to keep bringing them up to us he remembers them no more so as far as God is concerned those things never happened why would he keep an account of something he's forgiven you for he ain't like that see he ain't like that he is not like that and if you got friends that keep bringing things up you need to lose them like a bad toothache you got me because there's no recollection amen our sins and iniquities he remembers no more so you can try to talk to God about him and make him remember him and he refused to remember him that's why them stupid conversations with God go nowhere you can't make him remember God I just feel so bad about so and so remember you never get do you ever get an answer from him in them situations so you're feeling bad about it really isn't going to change anything you might as well accept your forgiveness just accept the atonement you're a new creature that stuff never happened why are you walking around feeling bad about stuff well if I hadn't made so many mistakes with some, what mistakes what mistakes if you confess them they're forgiven they're purged by the blood and if you will let yourself you can walk free of the burden of trying to carry them around I'm telling you you can carry them if you want to but that's not going to impress God anymore to do any more than he's already done for you in that department you got me he's uh, Jesus has already done as much as needs to be done for us to get that burden off of us so we need to just let it go and go keep living well Barb that doesn't seem fair it doesn't seem right I know and if you keep trying to think about it it's going to blow your mind so you might as well go ahead accept your forgiveness accept the atonement accept your freedom accept your failure I mean your your liberty I'm sorry forget your failure and go on in God he would much rather we're more used to him being unburdened and free than we are carrying around a bunch of stuff that we've done way in the past you know you think you're going you think you're 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 impressing him by feeling bad about something well i just i just feel so bad you can do that if you want to but that's not going to pay for anything to be re- you might as well just go on and receive your forgiveness receive the atonement and go on free so that you can believe God for better things that's why the devil likes to condemn us because it's hard to get your faith to work through a web of condemnation all it does is every time you get ready to pray it snatches the prayer back and makes you feel bad snatches the prayer back and make you feel bad the best thing you can do for yourself God and the people you love is to get yourself free from that nonsense and I'm telling you he's paid for everything so you never existed before so really you're a blank tablet you're a book being written every day that you live so what are you going to let God write about you in your book today what would you do for him today? 
Well, I spent 20 minutes feeling bad about it. Now, we told you. Your feel-beds are not doing anything for God. No, the Bible says we have a, a better covenant based on better promises than the old covenant. I bet you don't find... Listen, Abraham took his wife down to Egypt and, and pimped his wife. With the, I mean, it was in the palace. Don't get me wrong. The boy had taste, but... Uh, Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. He gets around these real wealthy, influential people all in the palace, Pharaoh and all this stuff. And he tells the wife, it really is, I guess they they played this game all their lives probably. Because she was really his half-sister. So when they on their own, he she the wife, but when he around the boys, you know, the Mac daddies and driving the big chariots and stuff. He said these brothers might work me over because you know my wife looked good. So she said, he said, well, you know, we get down here now. You my sister, huh? But when when God had to bail him out, God had to get him out of trouble. God had struck uh, the king's household and everybody with barrenness. He wouldn't let nobody have sex with anybody. God said, I'll fix you. You're going to pimp your wife. You ain't pimping a daughter of, of mine down there. He said, you're not going to do it. He said, I'll strike everybody impotent. They'll be looking around and don't feel like doing nothing just to make sure your wife don't get touched. Now, parents, y'all need to be taking notes. Because if you want your children to stay pure, that's a good way to believe God for it. If he struck everybody in Egypt. (laughs) God had to bail Abram out as he was leaving. They gave him all kinds of cattle and jewels and... Now he wasn't sitting up feeling bad somewhere saying, well I can't take this money from these people because I took that money pimped on out of Egypt and <laughs> kimbled on out of Egypt. The next, the next uh, phrase you read about Abraham, and Abraham was very rich. How'd he get rich? He ain't worked a day. He pimped but didn't. Well, think about that for a week. I don't have time to stop for that right now. Huh? He had something for them. And it was a covenant relationship with God. You got me? It's a covenant relationship. They paid that man to leave because he was so righteous before God. You got me? Sometimes even your mess ups, God will show you you belong to him. You was down there feeling bad, thinking you couldn't protect your wife, thinking you couldn't do this and couldn't do that. And God showed you he was bigger than your mess ups. It's the truth. Say amen, somebody. Even if you if you ain't old enough to hear that story, say amen anyway. And I'll move on. Whatever. Romans eight thirty three says we cannot be separated from his love. Cannot be separated from his love. Cannot be separated from his love. I don't care what you go through. He loves you still. That's what that means. That means that you can get mad at God. You think you can quit serving God. Or you can go uh, cold. You know, cold love. Well, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it half-heartedly. I'm not going to put the joy in it. I used to just go show God. I'm not happy down here. Whatever. Time. Let's start that nonsense. And God's love will still pursue you. He still loves you anyway. He loves you anyway. God will send somebody to you and they'll do something to you and it will melt your heart. And you'll know he's still pursuing you. He's still after you. He's still willing to touch you. So we cannot be separated from his love. The devil will try. 
He'll try in a way that will make you think you're in this life by yourself. But you'll find out that God's love still pursues you. It still draws you. It still calls you back to him. So we cannot be separated from his love. Whether persecution, people don't like you, talk about you, tribulation. People remember you from way back in the day and bring things up to you. That's not going to separate you from his love. It's going to make you know his love even more. Because in your running from certain things, you run right smack into him where you should have been all along. Second Corinthians 5.20 says we are ambassadors of God. You represent him. And don't be ashamed to represent him. You are subject to God first. And then to the laws of the earth or the laws of man. As his ambassador you take orders from him. And you have a higher government to appeal to in times of need. So you don't have to be guided and and stopped by what the government does or what they think is appropriate or what they want to be appropriate. Because people have all kinds of extremes that they're living in now. You know, uh, there was uh, uh, the guy that was appointed uh, CEO of uh, Mozilla Company. And uh, they have, you know, uh, what's that thing, Firefox. Some of you have it on your computer. And they found out he had made a contribution to a a cause that supports um, marriage between a man and a woman. And a bunch of people got on the internet and started talking about him and forced him to resign. You mean you can't uphold your moral values and keep a job in this country now? You see what I'm saying? So don't think for one minute, folks, that the devil isn't trying to separate us from God's love. You know, they will try anything to take a person. Now think what that means to a person in his position. He's worked all his life to be promoted and finally gets the dream job and because he doesn't agree with a minority of people still a minority of people but they got everybody else intimidated that if you don't agree with them see we're coming down to where the rubber meets the road as Christians folks you're going to have to you know like we used to hear those stories about uh, you know in in China the persecuted church and got to go underground and all we're underground already see we're underground already because our voice does not want to be heard and if you begin to voice God's word this isn't our word it's not our opinion and it's not any but we are his ambassadors and we are called to represent him and the enemy would try and separate us from the love of God through this type of intimidation well if you if you trust God you don't have to stand up like that and, and maybe you shouldn't say all of that and just go and take your job center no uh-uh. we're going to stand up for what God says you're going to stand up for God's truth because you will be able to stand in the end of the age if you continue with God. See, this is, is this is a light affliction, folks. This is not the end of things. These are things that, that we have to face as believers because the word of God is going to be tried. We will be tried as people of God. And we have to stand fast in our faith and stand true to our faith. We can't deny him. He bought us. He suffered publicly. He suffered shame much more than any of us ever could. You know, for that man, it was just a promotion. God will bless him and he'll go on to do greater things if he will turn himself over to God and trust God through this. But we have to understand that there will be things that will be taken from us or threatened to be taken from us. But God has greater things for us, folks. So as his ambassador... 
you're going to have to stand up for what his word says you stand up for what you know is right and you stand up for what you know is moral and people are going to have to take a stand more and more now than they ever have before so we have to realize that we represent him that's your identity you represent God you don't represent yourself anymore but you represent him Second Peter 1 4 says that we have his divine nature you have God's divine nature you don't have the nature of a sinner anymore now your your flesh is subject to to weakness subject to sin but that's not who you are that's not your habit that's not your desire that's not your lifestyle that's not what you do Paul said the thing that I don't want to do I do it anyway you know it's a conflict there but your divine nature is much stronger than the man of the flesh that would try and make you think he's powerful make you think he's powerful many times the enemy will start to prey on your mind if he can get you thinking about something long enough he'll convince you that that's what you really want and it's a lie of the devil because you want the good things that God wants for you. You keep visiting that place and visiting that place and pretty soon he'll push you and prompt you to do something stupid. So he can get you on his territory. But just as quick as you got over there, get back again with God. Show the devil that you, you can humble yourself to God and he won't win. Just keep going back to God and keep going back to God and keep going back to God. As many mistakes as you make, keep going back to God and show him then yes I, I mistake sometimes but I have divine nature in me that keeps drawing me back to God that's what draws you back to God is your divine nature you don't have to pretend that you don't do anything wrong you can confess your sins before God and his divine nature calls you back to him and you're, you're comfortable there your righteousness makes you bold the Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion you're not trying to compromise with people you're not trying to get along with anybody but righteousness makes you as bold as a lion you can confidently speak for God you know when John the Baptist was preaching and all the religious the important bishops and you know prophets and apostles and prelates and post prelates and post lates and up late and everybody else late check late (laughs) all them showed up John the Baptist looked at him and said who told you snakes and vipers to come that's righteousness speaking righteousness speaking because he, he called it out like he saw it he knew they weren't sincere about wanting the Lord they didn't want to be baptized they wanted to come and see who was there so they could write their names down so when they came in the temple again they could get on their case we saw you at that Jesus meeting down there you ain't allowed back in here no more well no we can't allow you back in here because, but you're going to have to pay a, you know what I'm saying absolutely but that righteousness made him bold enough to speak confidently what he saw he speak confidently what he saw the same thing with Jesus when he would preach he would read the thoughts and intents of their hearts he called them worse than that amen called them snakes and vipers they thought he would be scared of Herod and he called Herod a fox you know which means effeminate in in that language you know that kind of time I mean he didn't he just called it like he saw it he wasn't scared of anybody but he never sinned he did it all by the spirit of God you see what I'm saying and so we have to realize that there's a deeper depth to God and to his spirit that sometimes we have not even tapped into but those who really are righteous in God and understand their identity you got me can speak those things off mostly we're trying not to hurt people's feelings you know what I'm saying as though that's going to get anybody saved you understand what I'm saying 
you're going to have to be bold and confident in God when Jesus met the woman at the well and, and he told her to go call her husband oh boy hmm that just broke everything open the woman wound up getting so saved she got everybody else almost saved in the city you know the only thing that that hindered her was her bad reputation remember the people said we're coming we're not coming to see him because your your words only we're coming to see for ourselves see even a person with a bad reputation can get cleaned up enough to evangelize get people curious they look at her they say what her she talking about the no let me go see for myself how do you care how God wins people to him he can win people to him amen so because of our divine nature Ephesians 1 1 calls us saints of the most high God we are saints a saint is a person who is set apart by the spirit of God and that's us we are sanctified by his spirit that dwells in us so we are saints of God Ephesians 1 3 says we are blessed of God God has conferred his blessing upon us by redeeming us from the curse of the law God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus what's blessed cannot be cursed it cannot be cursed huh Balaam tried to do that kept tried three times to curse the people of God and he had to stop he said nope I can't do that he said I can't go beyond what God has said to me one way or the other he said how can I bless how can I curse what God has blessed God has spoken that these people are blessed I'm going to have to bless them again so every time they tried to get um, get him to curse the people of God he had to bless them even more he started pronouncing more blessings on those people so every time the enemy tries to take something from you God will bless you even more for standing and declaring who you are not listening to the enemy amen so we the blessing of God is pronounced upon us and it cannot be unpronounced you can go and get stupid if you want to and still be blessed of God Man, there's a story told, and I'll probably end with this. There's a story told about a a man who was a a backslidden healing minister. He was in a bar drinking and was drunk. And a gentleman sitting on the bar next to him fell off the stool with a heart attack. And that man went over in the corner, repented before God. God sobered him up and anointed his hands again. He prayed for that man. That man was healed. See, you can't curse, but you can try to curse yourself and get stupid and walk out from under the power of God. You can run as far away from God as you think you want to go, but you are blessed still. Look at Jonah. Went all the way down in the belly of a great fish, came out and still preached the gospel. This thing won't leave your life, folks. I don't care how much you try, how much the devil tries, how much anybody tries. So why don't we believe God and stand in who we are, stand in our identity as sons and daughters of God. Quit moping around trying to figure out what to do and go to God and tell God you know God I believe your word I believe what you say is true I believe what you say about me is true and I believe I can do all things through you because you strengthen me in everything I do amen why don't we stop father in heaven we thank you for the opportunity to come before you and hear your word amen Lord we thank you for your blood Jesus it makes us know these things it makes us embrace these things it makes us understand these things and accept them and we accept who we are Lord we accept the fullness of our identity in you nobody can take it away from us nobody can hinder us in coming forth in power and in demonstration of your Holy Spirit and we thank you for it Lord in Jesus name amen if anybody still needs prayer you can come on up and I'll pray for you but we're going to switch our